Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we wrap up our series in James. The letter closes with encouragement to pray for all things and share what we know with others. Follow along, we hope you enjoy this message. So we have made it to the end of James. James is only five chapters, but it took us a few months to get through it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it looks like to do this in the future. We might try to shorten it and do it in a, a couple of months rather than like three or four months. But I, th- I think it was fun to go through James. And we're doing it really at the same pace that the rest of the church is doing it too. So maybe you've got a double dose if you go on Sunday mornings or you've been able to have some conversations with your parents as you guys have been hearing basically the same things at pretty close to the same Time And so this last one this morning, we're going to do James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. And admittedly, these verses for downstairs for main service, they've gone through it. I think this is going to be their third week in this group of verses, okay? So if I say things, or if I, rather, if I don't say things that Charlie has said or whoever's teaching this morning, I'm not sure who it is, but, but if I miss things, okay, it's because they've had three Sundays to do it, and they've had, like, three times as much every single time. So they've had like nine messages to do what I'm about to do in one, okay? So don't fault me for this. But this is the end of James's letter. And as you get to the end of a letter, maybe if you've written one before, probably not this long. I mean, that would be really impressive. How many of you would say I've written a long letter before? Anybody? Would, would you say you've written like more than a page worth of a letter? You've done that before? Wow. How many of you have had like some sort of pen pal and that's why you were writing this letter? Anybody? We used to do pen pals way back in the day. JB, you done one? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, how many of you, that was your, your letter to Santa? That's why it was so long. Anybody? Okay, thank you for that honesty. I see that hand and we know your hearts. Uh, well, this is a pretty long letter, five chapters worth, and James is getting to the end of it, and, uh, and, and as with anything, once you get to the end of something, you kind of, sometimes you save your best thing for last, or you just want to leave them with like a, a, an extra encouragement, like, hey, remember this. If you don't remember anything else that I've written in this letter, if you don't remember anything else I say, in fact, some people think that, that this letter, James kind of wrote it almost as like a sermon wrote it as something that would be read in front of groups of people, in front of Christians, and was, would, was meant to be read out loud, kind of like a sermon is meant to be taught. And so if you're finishing with something, you want to leave them with like, hey, if there's nothing else you remember, if, if you forget everything else, if you fell asleep during the first part, remember this last little bit. And I think that in some ways, that's what James is doing as he wraps up. And if I had to sum up the couple things that we're going to read about this morning, I would just say this, that, that James is reminding them to take all things to God in prayer and to remember to share. It rhymes, okay? I made a little rhymey. James took a little more, a little more verbiage to do that. But remember to take everything to God in prayer and don't forget to share. That's kind of how I would sum up this, these last few verses in the book of James. And so, like, it begs the question for me, what are some of the things that I would want to share with people if I knew, hey, this is going to be one of the last times I see you, or this is going to be, you know, the last time I see you in a while, and who knows when the next time will be, or maybe you've been in the room with somebody who was going to move, or maybe was kind of in on their deathbed situation, and I'll tell you one of the things that they will not tell you. We've already talked about it this morning, but this will not be one of the last things you say or anybody says to you, come here. Ice cream cake is the best cake, right? Nobody's saying that to you their last 
dying breath or the, the thing that they say before they leave you for a long time. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's uh, telling you uh, even, even maybe things that we fret about like, hey, here's how to do your hair in the morning just right every morning. Nobody's saying that on their deathbed, okay? But they're also not saying things that we seriously do spend a lot of time worrying about and, and, uh, and fretting about, especially as you guys get older and older, like, hey, here's how to make the most money possible so your family can be so comfortable. Even though that's a really important thing, nobody's talking about how to make the most money possible on their deathbed. They're, they're typically sharing something that they want you to carry with you for the rest of, of your life, and sometimes it's around your relationship with God. I think I've told you guys this before, but one of the things that, uh, that Billy Graham shared with us when I got to go visit him uh, many years ago now was actually basically what James is saying. Like, hey, take everything to God in prayer. Pray more was basically what Billy Graham shared with us. Uh, somebody might say, hey, relationships are the most important thing, so make time for the ones that you love. Like, don't, don't take that time for granted. They might share a number of things with you, not related to, to cake and not related to money, but related to what is truly the most important. And so I think James, in some way, shape, or form, is doing that for us this morning. So let's dive in, read through what he's got to say, and make some stops Along the way, there's another rhyme for you. Verse 13 says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. Let's pause right here. This is right off the bat where I get this, this phrase or this part of what I think James is saying, take everything to God in prayer. James starts out by saying, is anyone among you suffering? So is anybody dealing with hard times? And remember, James has talked about a lot of things in this, in this letter. He's talked about how to love others well, how to not play favorites. He's talked about how to, uh, how to make sure we're being wise with our living, make sure we're being wise with our tongues, and he talked about what, what uh, patience looks like, how to have patience. Nathan did a great job of breaking that down last week. And so he's talking to a group of people who he knows are experiencing a range of things right now. And one of those things is suffering. And so he knows that as he's closing this, this book or he's closing this letter, when he asks, hey, is anybody suffering? He knows that the response is going to be, yeah. And maybe some of you, it would be that too. But it's not just like, hey, are you suffering? Are you under like a huge burden? But like, is, is anybody just having some hard times? If you are, James says, then pray. No matter what the difficult thing is you're going through, the difficult season that you're going through, the thing that you're struggling with or wrestling with, if you're having some mental battles, if you're having some relational struggles with your friendships or something within your family, whatever it is, take it to God in prayer. And then he goes to the opposite end of the spectrum. And he says, is anyone cheerful? Then let him sing praise. Let him thank God for that. Let him express gratitude. No matter what end of the spectrum you're on, suffering or cheerfulness, uh, struggling or joy, contentment, discontentment, whatever it is, take all those things to God in prayer. How many of you would say that you have a friend or you have someone in your life that you, you would share like, 
basically everything and anything with. Does anybody feel like you got a friend like that? Like, hey, when I got highs, I share that with them. When I got lows, I share it with them. When I, you know, fail at school and I'm afraid to tell my parents, right, I share that with that friend first or maybe that that family member first. Whatever it is in life, you've got things that you share with somebody. I think that James and many other places in the scripture, one of those places being uh, things written by the letter Paul, These guys would say, hey, pray without ceasing. Take everything to God in prayer. Pray whether you're suffering, sing praise. If you're having a great time, if you're cheerful, take everything to God in prayer. That's the kind of relationship, a relationship where we share things with the Lord. That's the kind of relationship that James is encouraging the readers and now us here a few thousand years later. He's he's encouraging us to have that relationship and that kind of friendship with the Lord. And then he gets into something specific. Verse 14 says, is anyone among you sick? And again, you, you got to wonder when you read through letters like this and something like this comes out of the blue. Okay, you just talked about suffering and then you just talked about cheerfulness, but now it seems like you're hitting this thing that probably leans more of the suffering side, but is somewhere in the middle and sickness. And It seems like, and we don't know all the reasons, like we don't know the whole list of people that James was writing to, but it seems like there was some sickness, some illness, and maybe some questions around what do we do when people are sick? Because maybe they'd heard about people getting healed. They heard about uh, miraculous handkerchiefs that people would just touch. This This is in the Bible, okay? This is why you should read it. People would just touch these handkerchiefs and they'd get healed. So what am I supposed to do? Do we need to have magic hankies just hung up around church? Don't, no, don't shake your head yes to that. It's a, it's a weird thing. Can you imagine new people coming into church? They're like, what are all these hankies for? Why are they so dirty? It looks like a lot of people have touched them. They have, and they've been healed, right? Could you imagine? We're, we're not doing that. It's not a new Fellowship Greenville thing or middle school thing. Although it would probably make more sense for middle school to do that, if we're being honest, okay? So, yeah, Nathan, make, make that happen, okay? Hankies around the rim. No, so, but they were, people were struggling with some sort of sickness apparently. And so James takes a moment. And so we're gonna take a moment to talk about this when it comes to being sick. What are you supposed to do? If anyone is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So James takes a moment again to talk about sickness. And I mentioned it earlier, but Charlie literally has spent the last two weeks talking specifically about prayer. And so if you have more questions regarding this prayer section, like, okay, but what kind of oil does it need to be? Does it need to be frankincense? Does it need to be lavender oil that my mom puts on my head and in my belly button? Does it need to be peppermint when I got a headache, right? Like, Charlie doesn't really talk about all those things because that's not really what this passage is about. But he does, he does seem to be given a description like, hey, if you wanna trust God in the process, here's part of what that means is that you don't just keep those prayers to yourself, but you actually take them to people who are authorities in your church. But, but not because, and he's actually gonna say, hey, not just take it to authorities in your church, but take it to your community, take it to your people. He's not saying, hey, take prayers if you're sick to the elders, which the elders are kind of like the leadership 
uh, typically there's, there's pastors. Like the way we do it here is we have some people who have been in the church for a long time, some guys who are business leaders or who are, who are just people in, in our community here at Fellowship Greenville and the larger Greenville. And th- these guys are a group of elders, and then there's a couple of pastors who are also considered elders, uh, people like Rob Marks and Charlie Boyd and Jason Malone. And that's a group who goes before the Lord on, on our behalf as Fellowship Greenville and takes especially big decisions, but but all kinds of decisions before the Lord and says, hey, how do you want us to lead this church well? That's kind of how we do it here at this church. And so these were, were people who were authority figures in the church. And James is saying, hey, if you're sick, invite them in to pray for you. Tell them, ask them for their prayers. And again, he's really just kind of gathering people from the community. And then he kind of gives this instruction of like, hey, an anointing with oil and kind of gives a process. And we could do a deep dive into that. But but that's not the only way that you get healed. That's not the only way God seems to work because there's other places like we mentioned where God works through hankies. There's other places like we mentioned where God works just through somebody's simple prayer. But, but he's inviting you. Hey, in, invite these elders in. And then he says in verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Now he's moved from elders to talking about your community. So maybe your small group, your, your family, some of your close friends. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Here's what I think James is getting at when it comes to sickness is that, hey, this again is one of those things you take to God in prayer. And this is also something that if if you're struggling with it, if you're wondering what am I supposed to do with it, you invite other people to come and carry that burden with you. You invite other people in and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what's really heavy. Will you pray for me? Now, some people interpret this as like, okay, this is actually how you receive healing. Is if you go to the elders first, you make sure they anoint you, which by the way, we at this church, we actually do practice this. I've been in situations like this where people will come and they're dealing with something like cancer or I've had people uh, dealing with uh, go, like blindness, they're starting to go blind, and so they're asking, hey, will you, will you gather the elders and some pastors together and, and pray for my eyesight? And we actually do, we, we do bring a little uh, thing of oil, a little container of oil. What kind of oil is it? Does it smell good? No, it doesn't really have a smell at all. It's just typically some kind of uh, canola oil or olive oil. So, you know, go home and dump that all over yourself if you need this kind of prayer, I guess. No, just kidding. But we do actually do this, and somebody will typically take just a little bit on their thumb, and they just kind of put it on the person's forehead. We'll ask them a series of questions, and we do tend to place our hands on their shoulders or on their back, and we, we do pray for them in this way. This is kind of like a, a model for the church of, hey, how to pray as elders and pastors, and so we read it in the scriptures, and so we actually still do this today, and on a pretty regular basis. In fact, a lot of these prayers tend to happen in between services. You know that 45 minutes when people are leaving the parking lot and coming in, and maybe you're trying to go steal a bagel from the VIP lounge? Well, a lot of those Sunday mornings, some of these prayers are happening, and you didn't even know it. So it's really, really cool. It's still something that we very much are, are a part of today. But, but is this, like if you do that, if you do the elder prayer, you do the anointing with oil, and then you invite people into your circle to pray for you, and you confess your sins to them, is that how I get healing? Is that how my friend gets healing? 
Is that how my family member gets healing? A lot of people wanna say, hey, that's what James is saying. That's what he is pointing to. And the answer is this. Sometimes God works in those settings, in those ways, and he chooses to heal someone. And sometimes he doesn't. So there's no magic formula, but there is this prayer of faith that James brings out, this word the, the, or wording, the prayer of faith. Here's what ultimately we're asked to do anytime we take, whether it's sickness or, or good things or just asking God certain questions. Whenever we pray to him, we're just called to have faith as we do it and to trust him no matter what the outcome is. Knowing that he's in control, knowing that he is still sovereign, knowing that he is still God, knowing that he is listening, knowing that he cares, knowing that he is God and we are not. And sometimes that's really, really difficult. But as we pray, we're, we're simply called to trust. So whatever it is that you have going on in life, I think James is saying, would you take that to God in prayer and would you trust that his will will be done, that he will have his way in the end, and that it's for our good and for his glory. But so does that mean like, is that like a cop-out answer for, so yeah, probably nothing's gonna happen through your prayers. Actually, no, I think it's the opposite because it's saying no, but, but you, you have the opportunity to take this before the Lord who can do something. And James finishes this section by saying, hey, uh, in verse 17, Elijah was a man with nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, for, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So here, he points us back to this guy, Elijah in the Old Testament, who, if you remember this story, Elijah was a prophet of God who got into a battle with some prophets of a false god named Baal, and, and he asked God to rain down fire, and before he asked God to rain down some fire on top of this mountain, it was Mount Carmel, okay, or Caramel, if you prefer it that way. On Mount Carmel, he's at this battle between the prophets of a, a false god and he battling for the real god. And these prophets have been going crazy. In fact, so crazy that they're like, they're like cutting themselves and they're dancing around and getting wild and trying to stir up their gods. And they're like, we're gonna show you who the true god is. And then nothing happens. And they're doing this for like a long time. And then Elijah just gets up, and here's the deal. James is saying, hey, Elijah, is a, he, there wasn't anything special about him. He didn't pour the canola, canola oil all over his body before he did this. Like, he was just a normal dude. He was just like you. He had, what does James say? A nature like us. And Elijah gets up and says, hey, God, bring down some fire. And right, God does it. And, and in the end, Elijah's like, hey, so what's the deal? He, he literally says this. Was your God like using the bathroom? Is that why? He says, was your God relieving himself? Is that why he didn't show up? We know the answer. It's because there's only one true God. But this Elijah, he's no different from you. Another story that James is pointing out here is Elijah actually prayed. You can go back and read this in, uh, in 1 Kings 17 through 18, or 17 and 18. And, uh, and in this story, Elijah prays that, there would be no rain in the area for three and a half years. And it happened. Read the story. 
And then people are like, hey man, we need some rain. Please stop this drought. And he asks God, hey, stop the drought. And God does it. Like crazy things through this normal guy. And James is saying, hey, there is power in prayer. And not because you do it in a specific way, not because you are a specific person, but because God is God and he wants to talk with you, he wants to communicate with you, he wants to show his power through you and in your life. And so would you pray in faith, take everything to God in prayer and do it in a way that like, hey, I'm actually believing that God is listening, that he wants my best, that he will be glorified. So God, hey, here's my prayers. In the end, have your way, may your will be done and then see what happens. Take everything to God in prayer. That's the first thing I think James is reminding us of this morning, closing us with. And then the second one, it's gonna be a lot shorter, I promise. It's, and don't forget to share. James says, final two verses. My brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Now, James is getting maybe a little dramatic here. He's getting a little wild here, but he's like, hey, this is so important. You need to share these things that we've talked about, not just the prayer thing, but all the things that we've talked about, our entire faith, even more than the things that we've talked about. You need to share about who Jesus is, and, and especially when it comes to somebody who has like left the fold, who has left the flock. You need to call them back. You need to invite them back. You need to remind them of what's true. And when you do, it's life-changing for them. And in some way, it's life-changing for you. But it's more than just reminding people who seem to have walked away from our faith, but it's also inviting people who haven't yet believed in our faith to begin with. It's sharing these truths. It's sharing the reality of who Jesus is and the life that he's invited us into as we go about our days, as we go about doing the things that we do. It's sharing those things with other people. So what does that look like for you? In your school, in your co-op, in your neighborhood, your sports teams, the friendships that you've had for years that maybe for whatever reason you just haven't gotten to the point of feeling comfortable enough to share your faith? What does it look like for you? James is imploring the, the original readers and he's imploring us as well. Hey, share what you've been told. Share what you've been taught. Share what you say with your mouth and you say in your heart you believe. Actually share that with folks around you. Invite them into it and there's gonna be life change for them and life change for you on the other side. What might that look like for us here in this room? There's been so many things that James has talked about. It's an extremely practical book when it comes to our faith. Maybe there's some big takeaways for you during this whole series, and I'd encourage you to write them down or maybe put them on your, your phone screen if you have a phone or your tablet or whatever, just so that, that you don't forget some of these things. It's only five chapters, so you could even go back and read through the whole thing and say, oh yeah, I remember when we talked about that. But I hope that in some way, shape, or form, the Lord has uh, just kind of left some, like, some gold nuggets in your mind of, oh yeah, that's, that's what it looks like to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. That's what it looks like to make sure that my, my tongue is, is in control and that I'm not speaking out of turn, that I'm being slow to speak and quick to listen. So many gold nuggets of truth that James has laid out for us in this and uh, so many things that, hey, this is how God's invited us to live life. 
following in the footsteps of Jesus, and in some ways following in the footsteps of somebody like James as well. Let me pray for us, and then you guys are free to go to your small groups. Lord, help us to be a people who take everything to you in prayer. Um, I know that even in my own life that there's things that maybe because I think that I can handle them, or maybe I just think that they're, ah, that's too small, like I don't, I'm not going to bother God with them, and Lord, Lord, help me to take even those small things to you. Help us to do that. When we're cheerful, when we're finding joy and contentment in life, and when we're suffering and struggling, and anywhere in between, help us to be a people who pray. And along with that, God, the other part that James seems to be getting at here about sharing what we know, sharing the truth with others around us. Help us to be people who don't just keep the truth to ourselves, but let it be things that so change our life that we can't help but talk about them with other people. May we be a people who talk to you often and share with others regularly. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.